ready for the word today. Amen. Good. Well, this is our third service, and uh, I think the message has gotten better as I've gone. Do you think, Kristen? So it should just knock it out of the park today. We are wrapping up a series called Alive, where we're talking about the life that Jesus Christ uh, came to give us. And uh, I want to, I, bl- I really believe today we're going to break some things off some people. I believe that you're going to step into some, some new, new revelation, some new illumination, and some new life today. We've been reading John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have, everybody said that word, have, have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I want to take a few minutes, a few moments at the beginning of this message to look at that word have for just a little bit. First of all, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You can have life, and I want you to underline that word can. This is a huge word. I can have life. You see, to receive something, you have to believe you deserve it. Before you can ever really receive something, you have to believe you deserve it. And I, you know, I find in over 30 years of ministry that a lot of people never walk into everything that God has for them because they don't think they deserve it. They think God would do it for everyone else, but they don't feel like they're quite good enough. And I may be talking to someone that feels that way today. I want to help break that off of you today. You can have it. If you don't feel good enough, let me tell you, you're not good enough. But the good news is you don't have to be good enough. He was good enough. You don't have to be worthy enough. His blood counts you worthy enough. You don't have to be holy enough. His, his spirit makes you holy enough. You deserve to have it. The enemy's greatest weapon is for you to believe the lie that you can't have it. Look at your neighbor. Look at him. We're not going to do this a lot today, but we're going to do it right now, okay? Look at your neighbor, and I I want you to say to them, you can have what he has for you. Now look at your other neighbor and apologize for not talking to them first. Sorry I didn't pick you. And tell them, you can have what he has for you. Hey, y'all, if we could grab hold of that, we could all just go eat Easter dinner right now. I don't even have to preach anymore. I mean, this is, the, this is the essence of it. He wants you to have everything that he has for you. About 27 years ago, I was called to go uh, sing at, a, at a, uh, a, an auditorium in Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, that's where Kristen, it was her last year uh, of doctor of pharmacy. And, and I didn't know her then, but she was attending college there. And um, I remember walking into that auditorium and she was in the choir and I saw her, and I said, dear Lord, what have I done to myself? I don't know if I fell in love at first sight, but it was really close. And, uh, and so I, I sang there, and, uh, and then uh, a couple of nights later, I was speaking at a church in that town. And uh, it was a Pentecostal church, and Kristen, the little Southern Baptist, came with a friend to that Pentecostal church. And I was preaching on God has more for you. He wants you to have more. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a Pentecostal church, but at the end of service, they love to come to the front. Like, they just, just love to be at the front. Just want somebody to touch me on the head, touch me on the head. And uh, so I said, if you want more, if you want more from God, just come on up here. Man, several hundred people came up, and, and Kristen came up. And I just forgot about all the other hundred people. Like, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Gotta get to this girl. Keep your eyes on Jesus, please. <laughs> and I, I remember I, I, I said, Kristen, I don't even think she knew my name then. I said, Kristen, 
God has more for you. Do you want it? And she said, I can have it. Yes, you can have it. He, he gives it to you. And I, I remind her of that every once in a while. You can have it. It's yours. Jesus Christ wants you to have it. And I want to tell you today, you can have it. There's more for you. And God wants you to have more. Same line, different word underlined. You can have life. You can have it. And you can have it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to pay for it. For those of you raised in legalistic church, you don't have to rent it. Because some folks feel like they got to rent it. Like I got to be good enough. I got to pray more. If I just prayed more, if I just fasted more, if I just went to church more, if I just tithed, if I just, if I just, no, no. You can have it. He has already paid the price and he's giving it to you for free. It's yours. And you get to keep it. You don't have to give it back to him. You can have it. You can have what he has for you. John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus doesn't just have life. Jesus is life. You know, if you take something for someone, from someone that just has it, they don't have it anymore, right? If you came and took this coffee mug from me, If you took this coffee mug from me, I wouldn't have it anymore. But if you take life from Jesus, he still has it because he, he is it. He is life. It's like plucking a grape off the vine. The grapevine still is a grapevine, and it's going to produce grapes tomorrow. You can't take enough life from him. He is life. And so I want to encourage you to stay connected to him. I've watched people over this over this, this, this uh, what are we calling it now? Help me. Yeah, pandemic, thank you. This pandemic, and, and, and I've watched it with everything that's going on in our country. I've watched the life just leak out of people. I've watched them. People just lose their passion, lose their desire. You're sick of looking at each other. You know, you're just like, I've just watched it. And have you, have you felt that a little bit in your world, some? Just like it's just kind of ebbs out. Let me tell you, when you start feeling the life leak out of you, bury your face in the word of God. I mean, just put your face right there. Get in your car. Turn on some worship music and turn up as loud as you can. Get in your closet. Get down on your knees. If you want life, get connected to the vine. Get connected to him. Come on, that was like one hand clap. Somebody, I think that's... Just that one person, and it just didn't catch on. It was a little tepid. It was point, I don't know. Next time, it's louder, and then we'll all jump in with you. I also want to say to someone, I felt this early this morning, and I, I want to say this, that it, you don't just have one life to live. I hear it all the time in ministry. People say, oh, I just wasted my youth. I wasted, I wasted my life. I feel like I, I should have could. I could do more. I wish I, could, I, wish I had it to, to do over. There's no, I blew that life because if he's life, he can give life to anybody he wants to anytime he wants to. So I don't care if you're 80 years old. He wants to give you new life today. Jesus is not just life. 
And this is, this is re- revelatory to me. And I, I don't think a lot of Christians get this. I, I, I know that I've never grabbed this revelation. Jesus is not just life. Jesus is the center of all life. And here's the revelation I want to read. Colossians chapter 1. I would recommend you reading this passage in multiple translations. I did. But I love how Eugene Peterson says it in the message. He says, we look at the sun and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, listen, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. Can you get that visual, that picture that it's him, Jesus the one that we follow, the one that we serve, he is the center of the universe. He is the reason it's all still being held together. It was created by him, for him, through him. Everything is coming back to him. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a savior. He is the center of everything. Look what Ephesians says. God let us in on the plans that he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth, it's all about him. And so, Lord, I want to tell you today, as pastor of the hills, we all love this building. We all got dressed up today hoping someone would brag on our outfit. But it is all about you. Everything we do is about you. Everything. He's the center of life. And Jesus is also the source of life. John 4. Jesus said this. Everyone who drinks this water, this water right here, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. Everyone will thirst again if that's the only water you get. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want you to leave that scripture up just for a moment. I want you to see this. There's a couple of things that I, a couple of words I want us to look at. First of all, that spring of water. There's nothing like a spring of water, is it? I know growing up, in Mississippi, those hot, hot summer days, and it's just humid. You walk outside and just start sweating. But we had this spring back in the back behind our house, and I'd, I'd make it through the woods and fighting off mosquitoes, and, and that one time the mosquitoes picked me up and carried me off in the woods, and they set me down, and one looked at the other and says, we better eat him now. If we're not, the biggins will get him, okay? Didn't get that? Okay, no. Never mind. Tried, I shouldn't have tried that. <laughs> But there was a spring of water, this cold water, and there was, it was so fresh, there was nothing like it. That's the kind of life that God wants to give you, that fresh spring of water. Romans 6, 4 calls it newness of life, not stale water, not stale life, newness. It's, it's fresh, the newness of life. There's something about life, but then there's something about the newness of life, isn't it? That, ba- that little baby, oh my goodness, just after they had a fresh bath and got some powder on, got some Nestle's baby oil. How many remember that? 
that smell, nothing. Oh my goodness, just want to get up in the cheeks and kiss on me. There's nothing like it, is it? Can y'all tell we're ready for grandbabies? That fresh newness of life, there's no, that's the kind of life that he wants you and I to have. Now I love that word welling up, those words welling up. It, it's welling up, it's, it's, it's abundant, it's more than enough, it's, it's overflowing. And then he says it's gonna be eternal life. That means even after death, it's still gonna be living. A moment ago as we sang because he lives, I saw a tear in Kristen's eye because both of us were thinking about her dad who went to be with the Lord a while ago and I could just hear him singing it just because it didn't matter if he was on note, it was gonna be loud, just loud. Because he lives. But that song means more to Diane and Melissa and and Kristen and Angelo now, because we know that even though Haskell is gone, he's still alive. Matter of fact, he is more alive than he's ever been right now. Eternal. Does that word eternity freak you out a little bit? I talked about it last week. Like when I just say the word eternity, like growing up, I was raised Pentecostal. Growing up, it was like eternity. That's how you heard it. And it was always hell. You know, that's how kind of you heard eternally, it's hell, you know. That word eternity, when I really start to wrap my brain around it, it freaks me out. Anybody with me? Like, kind of get that little back sweat, a little like, ugh, I don't know. It's just because I, we do everything in time. Everything's about time now. But, but how about change the word out? And this helped me. Because one translation, instead of eternity, says everlasting life. Now, that word gives me ah, everlasting. It just never ends. It keeps going. And it keeps going and going. And every day when you wake up, it's fresh again. Newness of life. He gives you new life. The scripture says every day he gives you new mercy. Aren't you thankful for that? Don't you love the God that he didn't take yesterday's mercy and give it today? He doesn't give you stale mercy. Every morning when you wake up, just take a sniff. And you're going to smell a fresh batch of mercy percolating. Okay, God's got it ready for you. Mercy for whatever you're going to walk through today. Mercy for whatever you're going to walk through tomorrow. Fresh life. Newness of life. Everlasting. That means it never runs out. And because he, because he is life, he leaks life. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, just life just comes out of him. When he speaks, he speaks life. When he breathes, he breathes life. And life just flows and overflows, enough for the entire world, enough for you, enough for all time, forever and ever. Life, that's the kind of life that he wants us to have. Let me say something to somebody today. To have life, you must get life from the source that has life. For you to get life, you got to make sure that you're going to the source that has life. You can only give what you have. Amen? I'm talking to someone today. Maybe somebody online that's, that's listening or watching today. You are not going to find life from things that don't have life. And you're not going to find life from people that don't have life. If you want life, you got to be connected with people who have life. In their world. That doesn't mean that you don't have p- people that don't have life. You, you may see them and, and that's great. But I'm talking about being connected. Being equally yoked with someone. Make sure that they're a life-giving person. And that is going to keep giving you life. The kind of life that he came to give us is a life that is even more than we need. 
John 7, 38, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. The old, the King James says, it'll, it'll come out of your belly. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water in your innermost being. God wants you to have so much life that it bubbles out of you. God wants you to have more than enough. Why does God want to give us more than enough? Because it's not just for you. I said it last week, God never blesses us for us. God always gives us more, not so we can have more, but so we can give more to others. Why does God want to give you more life? Because he knows that you're going to come in contact with somebody who needs that life. And he wants it just bubbling out of you everywhere you go. How many ever around a life-sucking person? Just raise your hand. Don't nudge anybody. Just raise your hand. You just, you know what I'm talking about. When they walk in the room, you're like, okay, here we go. And you can just feel it. Just pulled out of your life and joy. And I love that some of you are telling each other, that's aunt so-and-so. That's, you know, aunt so-and-so. <laughs> you can feel it. it just sucks the joy out and the peace out. But how about those people that when they walk in, they just bring something with them. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, man, I love when you show up. You just, when you, when you show up, things change. You don't have to be loud like me. You can be quiet. You can be gentle. You can be peaceful and kind. But something about your spirit, when you walk in, people go, man, when she left, I was better. What if we all became those kind of believers? I wouldn't have to preach a message. You would never have to invite anybody to church. People would just be coming up to you and say, I don't know what you got, but I want it. How do I get it? Why don't you make a point this week to be a life-giving person? Walking in the bank and they're like, "Woo, she's here. Walking into school, walking into work and people are like, man, I just I love being around you. He gave up his life so that we could live this life. He laid his life down. Think about that. The center of the universe left it all to come into our world. He gave it all up. Do you think that he did everything that he did? Do you understand what Easter is really all about? That he robbed himself of all of that and robed himself in all of this. He came from glory to come as one of us, to live as one of us. He lived for 33 and a half years, healing people, teaching, and then he is falsely accused. They tie him to a, a post and they take out a whip that has chunks of glass and bone and they beat his back with it. And every time they would pull it away, he would pull parts with it. You ever seen the passion? It doesn't even touch it. And some people can't watch it because it's so rough. And yet the Bible says, the Bible says that we couldn't even look at him. He was, he was so mutilated that we had to turn our face away from him. 
crown of thorns on his head. You know, they didn't do that to a lamb. When you'd bring a lamb to be sacrificed at the temple, they did it as humanely as possible. They didn't rip the wool out and beat it. And yet he did all of that for us. And then he was resurrected on the third day. Do you think he did all of that so we could just get by? Did he do all of that so we could just say, yeah, I, I go to church, I'm, I'm a believer. Did he do all that so you can just say, well, we've been married 25 years and we haven't killed each other. That's a good thing, right? Well, got the kids out of, out of the house. How boring is that? How mundane is that? How lifeless is that? That's not why he did everything. If I could just challenge you young people, and I love y'all on the front row. This is my favorite thing. If I could challenge you, start living now. Don't wait till you get to college or after college. Do it now. Live this life we're talking about. If I can challenge those that are 80 years old, live this life now. I realized that if that was me, if I was Jesus, which be glad I'm not, because I'm telling you, if I would have received that resurrection life, I wouldn't be giving it to anybody. I'd have kept it to myself. You would too, because you're all the ones that killed me, okay? You killed me. I'm not giving you anything, but he didn't. As soon as he's alive, he just starts giving life everywhere. You want it? Here you go. And Arnett, can I tell you the greatest thing about this is I'm not just getting his life. I'm getting him. Who gets to get God? We do. He's giving us this life. We get Jesus. What? You know, how many have somebody when you get to heaven, like somebody from the Old Testament you want to talk to? Raise your hand. Man, I'm David. I'm, I'm going to tackle David. I cannot wait. About Abraham. Maybe Esther. I bet she smells good. I, we all have them. But you know what? They can't wait to talk to us. Can you imagine what Abraham could have done if he would have had Jesus? If he would have been having the Holy Spirit living inside of him? Imagine what he would have done. That's why the Bible says there's a mighty cloud of witnesses. They're encouraging us. They're looking at us saying, come on, you got this. If we did it without Jesus, how much more can you do? That's the life that he wants us to live. And to receive his life, all you have to do is give him yours. Doesn't sound like a fair trade to him at all, does it? Here you go. That's it. Make the center of the universe the center of your life. That's it. Close your eyes. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus, for this Easter. Thank you for this building. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we've done all we can do. We've practiced and prayed and sung and preached and 
And now we're asking you to do what only you can do. And that is by the power of your Holy Spirit, change hearts and minds. For those that are here today, God, that do not have a relationship with you, I pray you'd move on their heart. For those that follow you, but not closely, I pray today they would make a a decision to just crawl into your lap. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. Thank you for all that you are. Open your eyes and look at me. I want to lead you in a prayer today. Those of you that are online, those of you that are here on site, I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's a simple prayer. And the reason it's simple is because he did all the hard work. He said, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I cannot think of a better day to start one than Easter 2021. And I want to encourage those of you that are a follower of Jesus. You call yourself a Christian and a believer, but you're not where you need to be. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer as well. Just believe it in your heart, confessing it with your mouth, and you will be saved. Not maybe after you check some boxes off and go to church for another few weeks. No, you will be saved. It's the greatest step that you'll ever take in your life. So I want you to join with me in prayer. Hills family, let's support these folks that are praying it. Let's pray it with them, okay? Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. I celebrate that today. Today I'm giving you my life. I cannot do it on my own. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to be so close to you. I pray you would cover me with your grace. Fill me with your overflowing life. I want to live with you forever. Beginning right here and right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Hills family, let's celebrate with these folks that just prayed this prayer today.